0: Welcome to episode 327 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... How are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. So uh, what
1: have you been up to this week? Uh, well, it might surprise some people, but I've been watching a uh, Bake Off-esque kind of uh <laughs> I show saw that. Here. Yeah. yeah. I was having a bit of a scroll through Disney Plus, as you do, and uh, there's actually just like loads and loads of stuff on there now, obviously with the Star brand as well. It's not quite to the level of Netflix, no. <laughs> because not, not, nothing really is, but um, there is starting to get quite a few things on there, so kind of buried. Within everything was a show called True Tastic. And it's basically if you take the idea of like a British bake-off food competition, but the three teams are tasked with making something Disney themed. Yes. So that the whole series, because I think there's 11, 10 or 11 episodes, and the whole series, each episode is like a different film. So you've got like Avengers, uh, Toy Story, Star Wars. Uh, there was a Lion King one I watched yesterday. Uh, there was a Cars one as well, which was a bit, uh, uh, better. yeah. But. <laughs> that, was, uh, that wasn't too bad I've never had like the intention of watching British Bake Off because that's just not my kind of no, thing but no. I thought oh everything's Disney themed here I look forward to seeing how they can build with food these Disney characters and uh, it's really really fun uh, it's hosted by someone called Kiki Palmer she was in third season of, uh, of Scream she was like one of the main standout stars I know she's been in some other things as well obviously she's uh, in this now and she's like one of the three judges as well but she sort of like presents the show and no it's it's really, really fun. Just the simple idea of slapping a Disney theme onto a Bake Off-esque sort of show really, like, changes the whole thing. Yeah. And it's just funny because sometimes somebody will be like, oh, I'm going to build the body of this character and then the head separately and then try and put the head on the thing or whatever. The way some of these people carry things is like, don't drop that. You don't want to <laughs> drop Like, nothing too disastrous has sort of happened yet. There was, like, one particular incident where something happened to a Black Panther head. Right um, thing, but they they sort of recovered. But no, it's really fun, and I'm not really like a arty sort of visual person, but it is interesting to see how these things look once they're finished. Because it's not just like bodies; it's sometimes bits of scenery and stuff. There's yeah, loads, I mean, uh, I, I'm looking. goes into it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the Disney Plus page at the moment, and the the main picture is somebody making a kind of gingerbread house from Up with a bunch of yeah. Oh, that's balloon, my next episode. Balloons on top of it, and they've Star Wars one where you can see somebody making making the, what appears to be the Death Star and things like that. So Yeah,
1: it's really, really good. Have you seen any of it at all?
0: I haven't actually watched any of it now. I'm just looking through the page on okay. Disney+. So, Plus what, were, right
1: you, like, were you aware of it? I
0: think I'd vaguely heard of it. It's sort of one of those things that I'd spotted and I kind of discounted it because it was a food cooking show and I don't really watch those sort of things either. But it might yeah. be one that I kind of take a quick look at. But yes, it's, it's sort of interesting. Some of, the, some of the stuff that you can see them create even in just the thumbnails, do look quite spectacular.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing what they're able to do. So, yeah. But it's sort of like an eight hour day or whatever cut into a 45 minute episode because you don't need to see the entire process of somebody of yeah. cooking something. But uh, no, that's been really fun. I don't. i have no idea if there's a second season, but that's been pretty good. My other thing, I uh, got a PlayStation 5. I heard you got a PlayStation 5. I I'm yeah. amazed you managed to finally find one somewhere. Oh, it wasn't easy. I looked on eight, nine websites for about two weeks and found one wow yeah one crazy um, th- there was an instance where because i was sort of like figuring out money and and, and things like that i know that i had a shortage but just there was different options basically mm. and i found one and i was sort of like oh should i get this one or should i get this one and they sort of ran out of stock <laughs> um there was a point where uh i found the one on game and then literally the next day it was out of stock Yeah. and then I remember saying to a couple of people like the next time I see one at a reasonable price because obviously I'm not going to
0: you're not going to buy one off like, a scalper I but... 900 or whatever
1: yeah. some people are, are sort of doing that but the next time I see one that's at the actual retail price I'm just going to jump straight on it so I found one basically in about two weeks so they are very very difficult to uh, yes. find and for me with my boomerang rental thing a, a digital version is completely useless to me so of course yeah um, so but no I mainly wanted to talk about the to. Feedback, which was like one of the big features. The problem with talking about and explaining haptic feedback is, I can like describe all day what the thing feels like, but until you yourself actually pick up a controller and sort of like, oh, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. um It's a bit different, but uh, I uh, finished Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That was great. I did do a little review for that. I moved on to uh, Returnal, and uh, Returnal, even in the opening cutscene, had loads and loads of haptic feedback from like the ship shaking when you're crashing. The rain, I think you can feel as you're as you're walking around these little like taps on the controller. But essentially, what it is, it's all vibrations within the controller, but not the traditional just standard one vibration. vibrations when yeah. something happens. I'm pretty sure the whole controller is covered in these little like things mm-hmm. for vibration because you can feel it on entirely different parts of it. Well, it's, so it, yeah, it's so on the it's triggers like,
0: and stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, got, it's so got, like, like yeah,
1: yeah, it's got like adaptive triggers and, and things like that, which which feed into it, which is like where your triggers stop at certain points for different controls, and then you press it down fully like in Ratchet and Clank there was different firing modes for different guns and they'd done a similar thing with Returnal but for example like with Ratchet and Clank when I was walking along metal surfaces I'd feel like a little tap 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 thing like that mm-hmm. but I'd feel it on the left side and the right side depending on which foot was being put down right um, and this these little, little sort of tabs it all sounds quite subtle and everything and some of the uh, vibrations are a little bit more subtle than the others it depends what the thing actually is but it's the way they put sort of different beats and different frequencies together yeah. that it does like tune in with what's happening in the game obviously you've got your standard sort of if there's a big explosion you get a bigger vibration and stuff but it's sort of like when characters are typing on certain things you can feel these little like keyboard clicks almost i think it's one of the biggest things to happen in well apart from something we're going to talk about in in a minute it's one <laughs> of the uh in terms of features it's one of the biggest things to happen in gaming for a long long time i mean we've got further with things like vr obviously playstation vr 2 is going to be a thing We've done things like obviously connect and voice commands and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But in terms of actual controller features, nothing else has really got this. I mean, you don't really get this with like a PC. None of the Xbox controllers have really got that. And obviously the Joy-Cons are small, underpowered little yeah. anyway but uh i really like how they've done it the only not really problem the only thing with this is when you're playing a third party game so like a call of duty or an assassin's creed or something you're very unlikely to get that because the game's been developed for so many other platforms mm-hmm. and the devs won't have had time to tune to like oh for this one specific console the ps5 let's put all these dual sense features in whereas with first party games like returnal and ratchet it will just be focused on ps5 so they'll have more time to think okay when this character's doing this thing, we can put these little dual sense features in. So it's only it's going to be more for that going forward. I I have heard of certain third party games that have got some things, but you're going to get a lot more of it with first party games. So yeah, that's great. Have you heard anything about that haptic feedback? Um, or- I've seen
0: a few articles about it, saying how great it is, and you know it's the fact that say if you're firing a, an arrow and there's tension on the string, it will get sort of more difficult to maybe hold the string back the longer you hold it. Because because it can yeah. sort of force the trigger up so there are little things that they're doing with it to be able to play around with the controller and, and like I say it's not just the straight sort of shake it sounds like it's got things on sort of either side so it's a lot more controlled than just like oh the controller shaking which is what it used to be as well as being able to sort of play around with where it touches on the controller it also does it on the triggers and stuff as well and it's, it's really quite interesting it does sound quite ingenious you say it's very unique as well it's not something mm. that seems to be on any other controllers at this point yeah it's very yeah, interesting
1: yeah. so it's, yeah it's pretty fantastic and i'm just looking forward to playing more games and then the other thing i watched which was friday night there's a bit of a, a short little story attached to this which is interesting so i got to um december and decided to pay for a month of apple because my year free trial if you remember that that had run out right so i thought i oh, was it's only five pound a month apple tv is really like impressed me in the last year and i'll keep it and then i sort of looked around On Apple TV, and I thought there's things that I can watch, but that we've just had like a really big batch of shows, like we just had the morning show, and we just had a bunch of the other ones that we've we just finished watching. And I watched two shows over the holiday period. So I cancelled it for now until something came back. And I I knew the servant was coming back soon, but I couldn't remember exactly when. And then you mentioned it on last week's Geek Town, and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna need to subscribe back. And then I thought, Am I really gonna subscribe to a streaming service for like one show? One show, yeah. And then I was playing. And I thought, oh, I'm going to I haven't done it yet. I'm going to sign myself into all of my streaming services on, on PlayStation. And I didn't know this, but PlayStation 5 offers six months free of Apple. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got another another six months I, I completely forgot that that was a thing so I guess I keep falling into these different trials Excellent. Um, but uh, I thought oh that's good and I was like oh yeah I can now watch uh, Servants season three premiere but uh, hey Apple keep offering these things and I keep happening to be in the right place at the right time yes. so yeah. there we go right up uh, yeah uh, I, on the episode itself it was phenomenal I mean just so many great little horror touches and things so for th- those of you who don't know Servants about this rich sort of family they want somebody to Pyre to be like a servant within the family she's called Leanne she's got a bit of like a strange backstory and the series follows with a bunch of this horror stuff there's also some funny weird stuff going on with the baby because sometimes it's real sometimes it sort of isn't obviously that ties into the whole horror element it's directed and pretty much the showrunner is M. Night Shy- Shyamalan I think his name is that guy yes. uh, so he he's doing a very very good job with this came back for a season three premiere I think it's got a fourth and final season on the way those of you that are Harry Potter fans it's got uh, Rupert Grint in it as well. So hopefully that will like push you towards watching it. Of course, Ron himself. They're doing this follow-up story thing with Leanne. And it's a bit more of a Leanne-focused episode, but it makes sense given what's currently going on. But like, I didn't look at my phone at all. I was just like fully engaged with the episode. That was pretty fantastic. It's probably about eight or ten episodes again this season. But uh, no, that was good. And then it's it said when I started the episode, it said, oh, after the video... There's like a behind the scenes thing on the episode, and I thought, oh, I'm not particularly sort of interested in that. And then the episode ended, and then there were still five minutes left of credits. I thought oh I'll I'll check to see what that is and it was M. Night talking about the episode and that was actually really really interesting because he's focused on one particular scene with Leanne and sort of broke it down and that was uh, really great as well so if they they do those like every week these little five minute breakdowns of scenes I'll probably uh, watch those as well because they're attached to the episodes it's not this other after show that you have to go to separately that's pretty good you're not really like a horror person are you?
0: No, no I've not seen that series at Mm -hmm. all so
1: (laughs) okay so now I'm really looking forward to Friday and, and and seeing where this thing goes. they built up some really big things. It's great. Anyway, it's pretty much me David. How about yourself?
0: Main game I've been playing is a game called Phoenix Point which I've actually had on the Epic Game Store for a while and sort of dropped it out of but they've just released the year one edition onto Steam fairly recently because it was an Epic Game Store exclusive up until that point. For those of you that don't know Phoenix Point, it's from the creators of XCOM and it is very, very similar to that sort of strategic turn-based XCOM type game where you have a squad of soldiers and you move them around and they take shots and then others fire back at you and that sort of thing. And the basic premise is very XCOM as well. Earth has been overrun by this alien Pandora virus mist thing that spreads across the planet and has created this variety of monsters for you to shoot at. You are the Phoenix Project, who are a secret organisation, who are the bravest soldiers left on on Earth who are trying to fight back the invasion, which is a very XCOM-type setup. So it's got a lot of similarities to XCOM- but the gameplay is a little bit different. There are differences in there. There are other factions in the game which are in havens across this world map that you can either help and protect or you can go and steal stuff off them if you want. There's the other option. Mm. One of the main big differences between this and XCOM is the aiming system. With XCOM, it's very hit and miss in that you could literally be stood next to your target, fire at him and miss which is completely at point blank range totally unrealistic with the aim system in phoenix point every bullet matters so if you're firing with a say shotgun each of the individual bullets actually have a chance of hitting the target so it's not just a calculation of this hit this missed there is an aim system which is very much like the vat system in the fallout series where you can actually go in and target specific body parts as well so you can go in and maybe fire a headshot and the headshot matters because some of the aliens can do things like mind control so if you can shoot them in the head it disables the head and stops them being able to mind control you and stuff it feels Feels very much like XCOM, but works in a slightly different way. They've released a bunch of DLC over the sort of past year for it as well, and these add in things like you can now mutate your soldiers' bodies to give them extra skills. You can add cyber body upgrades as well that give extra skills. They've added air-to-air combat in the most recent thing. The biggest issue I had with it was it's quite frantic. There's a lot of plate spinning going on. Like, you're trying to run the story missions and then suddenly a faction gets invaded by the uh, Pandorans, who are the aliens, so you want to go and help them otherwise that haven gets destroyed and you know they're quite useful for resources. So you rush over there to help them and then you try and get back to the missions and then one of your bases is invaded, so you've got to go and kind of try and sort that out and then you're running out of materials because you've got to use materials to build new weapons and that sort of stuff, so you end up having to go to a scavenger site to try and find more materials. So it gets very, very kind of frantic, running around trying to do things across this world map. And I was really struggling with it. And as I say, I've had it on Epic Game Store for, like I bought it pretty much when it came out on Epic. So yeah, I've had it for over a year. And it's one of those things that I play to a certain point, end up getting myself in a real mess and not being able to survive, essentially. And you're basically trying to stop the Earth population going to zero. And I just get to a point where everybody's dying. I can't deal with it. There's too much going on. And I was just like, I just stopped playing at that point. And I went back to it this week because I was like, damn it, I am not going to let this game beat me. I am going to find a way around it. So I set it to Rookie, which is the basic lowest possible level. <laughs> and i don't usually watch youtube let's play videos i don't watch many of those there is a guy called perun p-e-r-u-n on youtube he's got a whole Series. He's done various videos sort of explaining bits and pieces of the game, but he's got a series running at the moment, which is him playing through the Festering Skies, which is the latest expansion which adds air to air combat. And I was sort of struggling with how that all worked. And he's got this whole set of playthrough videos, and he's brilliant at explaining the reasons why he's doing certain things at certain points. It's a really good video series if you're struggling with Phoenix Point and you want to try and get some sort of hints and tips of where to go peer on, on youtube shout out to him because he he was really really good and very comprehensive on how things work and what are his way of playing things and why it works for him and that sort of stuff i've been sort of watching that and that helped me an awful lot i'm kind of getting somewhere with the game finally and actually enjoying playing through it at the moment so uh, that's been my main kind of gaming game It is one of those things that you start playing at you know midday and then it's suddenly midnight it's one of those sort of games. <laughs> Speaking of gaming, though, the big gaming news this week was that uh, Microsoft is looking to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion, apparently, <laughs> which is an eye-watering figure for this. It's been interesting seeing the reaction because the reaction has been either one extreme or the other, either sort of, oh, finally, somebody's sorting out Activision or this is going to be the end of gaming as we know it. So what were
1: your thoughts on it? Simba enormous amount of money isn't it it Um, is I think it's probably too much money but there you go Microsoft are pretty loaded yeah yeah. a couple of big takeaways for me is yes this will be great for like the employees of Activision hopefully getting Bobby is it Kochik out he's the The nasty CEO person which won't unfortunately be able to happen until this deal completely takes over I think it's supposed to be completely done by July of next year that was one of the things I was reading yeah it's going to take a while yeah it's gonna take a while dot all the i's and cross all the t's so to speak i mean the two activision blizzard well not even really blizzard the two activision franchises that i really care about is crash bandicoot and call of duty those are two series that i've obviously followed for a long long time it's really really weird looking at crash now that was so embedded in playstation's history and still very much is but now he's owned by the the other side so to speak you know the, the the opposition which is quite strange in of itself that's like a big kind of game-changing thing. I mean, that would be like if, I don't know, PlayStation bought Mario or something, you Yeah. Know? The other thing with Call of Duty, I was, I was reading a few things about it as to, are they going to make Call of Duty Xbox exclusive? Yeah. And the reason that doesn't make sense to do is because Call of Duty games every year, regardless of if you like them or not, they sell incredibly well every year. They're either the best-selling game of the year or top five consistently. Yes. So from Microsoft, just with Call of Duty, not really with any of the others, but just with Call of Duty because it's such a big juggernaut of a game you'd have to look at that and think okay if we take that away from playstation all we're doing is sort of those massive sales that the series makes every year we're just cutting them down basically Mm -hmm. yeah so i i think that's the one series they'd have to look at and think okay let's keep this on playstation because it makes so much money and not even just from sales from things like the battle pass and especially from things like Warzone. obviously playstation gamers that are going to be accessing those things you're just taking that money away and as somebody who mainly does play games on PlayStation and does play the Call of Duty series, not every single one of them but plays it regularly, I hope that that's what they do and it would be very very weird to have a Call of Duty game come out and it not be on PlayStation, that would be like particularly yeah, strange. I
0: mean there is a possibility that they maybe it would get released earlier on Xbox
1: and Right, PC. Time, some sort of timed exclusive.
0: Yeah, some sort of timed exclusive maybe, that huh? may be the way that they go about it. I sort of agree that it would seem like them cutting off a large portion of their potential audience and throwing away a large amount of money, which at the end of the day it is Microsoft though, so I mean it's, it, they could afford to do it if they wanted to be bloody minded about it they could do. <laughs> if they decided they wanted to make it exclusive, yes it would be throwing away a large portion of money but it's not like they wouldn't still be making money out of that game, they just wouldn't be making as much as they maybe would be otherwise, so mm. I don't know no. it's yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that and of course it also gives them World of Warcraft which I know isn't the monolith that it used to be but I mean it gives them World of Warcraft still a big
1: IP still yeah. a big
0: IP Starcraft Diablo Hearthstone um, Overwatch Overwatch as well Candy Crush randomly
1: as well yeah that's a big money maker isn't it yeah so, Guitar Hero yeah. as well so hopefully what that means as well for Activision is because they had studios like Toys for Bob yeah and Vicarious Visions Vicarious Chris Visions did the remaster for the Crash games. Then they did the remaster for the Tony Hawk games. And then for some weird reason, Activision said, we're going to stick them on Blizzard only games, which made no sense. Mm. And then Toys for Bob, who made the awesome Crash Bandicoot 4 and they remastered the Spyro games. Right, yeah. They said, hey, you're going to go and work on Call of Duty. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's those strange decisions that maybe somebody like Phil Spencer would have looked at and thought, hmm, yeah, let's put these people back on things like Crash and Tony Hawk and you know the the things that these studios are passionate about because I remember when that happened with Toys for Bob when they said hey no we're just we're a support studio for COD now because Warzone makes a ton of money and they're just sticking us on that and I remember some of the staff like resigned from that because they said hey we just want we're really passionate about like Spyro and Crash and we just want to work on making new games which those audiences myself included really really wanted so it's decisions like that that made no sense whatsoever so hopefully with this Microsoft take over they can be like no let's put these people back to where they wanted to be and where they thrived because the other weird thing about all that is call of duty as a series because there's four ongoing things at the moment which is Warzone, which is the money maker basically vanguard which is the newest world war ii game black ops cold war that nobody likes and then call of duty modern warfare from 2019 because there's so much involved in that and because those games are sort of weirdly tied together with the code there's been some issues with that they've put nine developers on not one of the games but that series basically because it was so bogged down with, with code and stuff because they because you, you can't do things like separating warzone from call of duty because they decided to tie it into it mm-hmm. for people like me that don't play warzone i can't uninstall warzone from my console without uninstalling the whole game yeah and again it's it's things like that, where it could, could Microsoft get in there and sort of sort that out? So, um I mean, yeah, it's a very, very expensive acquisition, and we'll see what happens with the exclusives. But for those things I just mentioned, within all those different developers, you could really clean a lot of that up and let some of your other franchises thrive. They've talked about like resurrecting Guitar Hero and things like that, which that, that's great if you want to go back and dig up like old yeah, IP that sense. people used to care about. Yeah. You could you could do a lot of you could do a lot of good with this, I think. But yeah, yeah, it is expensive. So. So we'll see how it works. It's going to be a very interesting
0: one to see where mm. it goes moving forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I mean, obviously they're going to be adding a lot of this stuff to Game Pass. I mean, that was one of the main reasons I think they probably... That's one of the it. big
1: drives of this. Yeah.
0: yeah, is to add it to the Game Pass. But it's going to be very interesting watching that moving forward. Mm. Um, moving on to TV stuff, Lord of the Rings, the long in development TV series for Amazon long, has yeah. finally got a title. It's going to be called The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. We kind of knew that's what it was probably going going to be about anyway because it's the thing that makes the most sense we knew it was going to be a prequel series it's set way thousands and thousands of years before the events of the hobbit and the main lord of the rings so it's going to be about almost a game of thrones with rings by the sounds of it it's kind of that sort of thing you know (laughs) these before there was the one ring there was a bunch of rings that were given to the various different races so whether it's about the actual forging of those or, or just the power struggle between them. I think it's a really interesting part of the history. And they basically said that they sort of picked the name because they wanted something that sounded something that was sort of in the vein of J.R. Tolkien's other classics. and The Rings of Power seemed to be a title that sort of fitted in that. So don't really know much more about it than that. I mean, there is a huge cast list for it, although we don't know yet who anybody is actually playing. We'll still have to wait and see. It's not coming out until the second of December of this year so there's still a way off they are I think now shooting the second season or they're in pre-production for the second season which has moved to the UK randomly from New Zealand I still don't quite understand that Just, oh, yeah, I remember you mentioning that before yeah. yes it's a bit weird but that's what they're doing it's called the
1: Rings of Power I'm mm. looking forward to that series coming out it should be good yeah I mean this didn't really give us anything apart from a title which I guess this this is like a title reveal trailer but it's funny how long this has been in development for but we <laughs> still like barely know anything about it but i still have the faith it'll be good i yeah. think and it's like i said i think a few times before game of thrones happened it was one of like the biggest successes on tv and a lot of other companies decided hey people like fantasy let's do a bunch of fantasy shows and then netflix said hey let's do the witcher and then amazon's like let's do world of time and let's do lord of the rings and everyone's jumping on the fantasy train and everything which if you can make a good fantasy show i suppose that's the goal at the end of the day. Does Apple have a fantasy show yet? I think they're the ones that um, are like missing one.
0: Not an out and out fantasy show. I mean C no. C is probably the closest
1: they get to that. Yeah, a bit Game of Thronesy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It's it's not fantasy so much as it's sort of technically post-apocalyptic but it's sort of right. post-apocalyptic yeah. fantasy but mm. yes I think that's probably the closest they've got they've not gone full kind of got that know, political angle as well yeah they've yeah. not gone full kind of elven dwarf yeah. sort of fantasy I'd be quite interested to see them do one but yes they've got mm. so, they've got a lot of sci-fi stuff but less fantasy stuff in terms of other TV The Rookie came back which is basically a continuation from the cliffhanger that it left season 3 on quite a shocking death in the opening Opening episode, which has been sort of publicised around. I won't sort of mention exactly to who, but basically one of the actors decided that they weren't going to come back for the new season. And there is quite a surprising, very quick death that happens very early on. in That okay. episode. was there anything COVID related or just no? Didn't no want to come um, back? I think part of it had been that he just decided he, he wasn't going to come back. It doesn't seem to have been COVID related. It doesn't seem to have been related to anything that he'd done wrong or the show had done wrong. Right? There doesn't seem to be any any specific reason given for him leaving but it doesn't seem to have been anything nefarious or anything like that so the other thing I've been watching as well is Doom Patrol which I finally got around to watching the third season which has been out on Stars Play UK for a while it just continues to get. I'm not even going to try and describe what's going on in that show because it's <laughs> it's so bonkers and ridiculous they're slightly getting to the point where the stupidness is starting to bug me a little bit and i I would like to see them pull it back just a little. There is a balance with the weirdness with that and i think shows like legends do it quite well and the first season of legion i think did it quite well and then lost the plot as it went on and i i think they're tipping towards being closer to later seasons of legion which the story just fell apart and they're tipping a little bit too far that way and i want them to just rein it back in a little bit in the third season it's walking a very very fine line right now with me mm-hmm. and there are certain things that i've of going, oh, I just know you've lost the plot a little bit. I mean, like quite literally lost the plot at this point and you need to pull it back a little bit. But mm. I, I mean, I'm still enjoying it and I'm still watching through it, but I, I think it's, it's maybe stepped slightly too far to the left and it needs to kind of pull itself back a little bit. In terms of new shows, I'm actually going to do something I never really do, which is review something on ITV, Trigger Point, which <laughs> is the new show from Jed Mercury production company. He's not actually written this, it's from a newcomer called Daniel Briley, but it's got Vicky McClure in it from Line of Duty, and it's got Jim McCurio involved as a producer, so you know there was a lot of eyes on this show it went out last night. Trigger Point has Vicky McClure playing Lana Washington, who is a London Met Explosive Officer, they're known as Expos they are called to a makeshift bomb factory in a block of flats where she discovers the first of several bombs, and that that sort of opens out into potentially a bigger conspiracy theory it's got adrian lester in it as well who plays somebody that works alongside her another expo so it's a really good cast it was a strong opening episode there's a lot of stuff going on in there as they sort of go and try and diffuse these bombs it's interesting i was reading an article that was with a genuine real life expo and they actually said there is a couple of bits where they've obviously done things for artistic license and they there's a couple of times where it doesn't quite ring true but a lot of the stuff in there seems relatively genuine you know they seem to have been pretty good at making it as true to life while still putting tension in there and making it interesting so they seem to have done a really good job of it it's a strong opening episode i will be continuing to watch it vicky's obviously great adrian lester's great in there it is very much focused on those two characters at this opening episode. Given how the first episode ends, I'm very interested to see where it goes from there. You watched the first season of Line of Duty, didn't you? You haven't watched
1: any more. Yeah, so, I watched the first season, that was it.
0: But yes, Trigger Point, certainly if you like those sort of dramas, if you like those sort of Line of Duty type dramas, I don't think it's as good as Line of Duty, but we have not many things are. Trigger Point certainly is one that I think is a good, solid start for ITV. So um, I'll be interested to see the rest of it. That's all the stuff we've been watching and playing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. We kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of cancellations. The Hills' New Beginnings has been cancelled by MTV after two seasons. Not particularly widely distributed over here. That was on Hey You, which is an Amazon channel. I think you can get it separately, but basically an Amazon channel, but apparently that's gone. Paris Hilton's Cooking with Paris has been cancelled by Netflix after one season. I wasn't even aware that was a thing, but apparently it was. Paris Hilton had a cooking show. That's not coming back afterwards I'd
1: heard of it once somewhere and somebody said it was okay but <laughs> Obviously, it didn't, it didn't didn't catch on did it so, no uh,
0: and Bull the drama with Michael Weatherly is to end after six seasons Sky Witnesses is currently airing season five so we will have one more full season to come before it actually ends over here but yeah that has finally come to an end seemingly Michael Weatherly himself has brought it to an end although it's hard to tell whether that uh, he brought it to an end before it was pushed I don't know. I mean, it's had a bit of a troubled history that every time it got renewed, Daryl, who of course does the podcast as well, used to message me on Twitter with a like raised eyebrow emoji. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was always a little bit of a surprise that CBS kept that around, given the amount of trouble that it has been in that show. But yes, they are Mm. now bringing it to an end after six seasons. In terms of renewals, most of the renewals, in fact, all of the renewals that we've got this week are Star Trek related. bit of an update, the latest I'm hearing is Paramount Plus UK is aiming for a March launch. We don't know when in March, but March seems to be when Paramount Plus UK is going to launch. Do we know the price of it yet? No. Or is it too early for that? We don't know the price of it. We don't know exactly what's going to be on it either. How much is it in the US? It's $9.99 in dollars in the US at the moment. Mm. So okay. maybe seven, eight, ninety-nine over here. Possibly, we'll see, but don't know at the moment. They've not released any details. They've not officially said that they're launching it in March either. That's just what I've been told from various sources. So we'll see whether it happens or not. But that is what they seem to be aiming for right now. Again, I mean, it could move. You know, these things are flexible. But that seems to be where they're aiming at the moment. In terms of the renewals, they announced Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for season five. Season four, which is the current season, returns the eleventh of February. February on Pluto TV which of course is where they're currently airing it because of the fact that they took it off Netflix with the intention of putting it time to Paramount Plus but then haven't launched Paramount Plus yet future seasons will obviously be on Paramount Plus UK so this is sort of a fudge to get them through this yeah, gap
1: Temporary solution.
0: you can actually buy it on Amazon as well not on Prime Video you've got to go onto Amazon Video and actually buy it I think it's 15 quid for the season but the advantage of doing that is you've not got to be there at 9pm on the 11th of February to sit and actually watch it because Pluto TV streaming but it's live streaming so Strange New Worlds which is the new show which hasn't started yet that has been renewed for a second season as well that will be airing the 5th of May on Paramount Plus in the USA and presumably it will be the 5th or 6th of May in the UK as well we don't know whether they're going to be dropping them in exactly the same date because obviously if it drops in the 5th of May it means we get it before the US we don't know whether they're going to be doing it in the 5th and 6th or whether like Stars Play actually drops things on exactly the same date worldwide so we actually get stuff that drops on Stars play over here before they get it on Stars in the US so we don't know exactly when but that will almost definitely be on Paramount Plus in the UK Star Trek Picard season 2 premieres the 3rd of March on Paramount Plus in the USA and they have said that season 3 is in production I think they're trying to get as many of these back to back whilst Patrick Stewart is still prepared to do them Uh, they're in production on a third season Season 2 drops the 3rd of March. Now, it's unclear at the moment whether this is going to end up on Paramount Plus because obviously if they're launching that in March, that would be quite a good show to launch it with. But Mm -hmm. the 3rd of March is very early in March. So there may be a little bit of a wait if they do that. Or the alternative is at the moment, they had said that it was staying on Amazon. But then it was very, very late in the game when they took it off Netflix. So I don't know with that Mm -hmm. whether it's going to end up being on Amazon or end up being on Paramount Plus, it will very much depend on whether Amazon has already paid for the second season or not and whether there is a deal in place for that. Um, yeah. I would think if there isn't, it will definitely go onto Paramount Plus and there may just be a little bit of a wait for it to land because if they launch it, say, mid-March and it's two weeks behind and they drop then the first three episodes at once, d- yes, it'll be slightly annoying, but I can sort of see their purpose of doing that. But hopefully by the 3rd of March when it does launch, we'd know when Paramount Plus was going to be launching in the UK anyway. If they're going to launch it in March, you would hope they would have made an announcement by then. So that, I don't know. It will be on one or the other, I would suspect, but we'll have to see. But 3rd of March, it's launching on Paramount Plus in the US and they are developing a third season. Star Trek Lower Decks renewed for four seasons. Season three is due to land summer 2022 on Paramount Plus in the USA. Again, it kind of depends whether they've already done a deal for the third season as to whether it's on Amazon and UK, it's unclear. If not, it will be on Paramount Plus as well. And Star Trek Prodigy, which is the kids animated series, season one is running in the USA at the moment. It, 20 episodes for the first season split into two parts of 10 with the second lot of 10 coming later in 2022. Second season is in production for that. That's, I don't think, aired anywhere in the UK at the moment. So presumably that will also be on Paramount Plus when that launches. So um, yeah, lots of renewals. Interesting they've kind of already renewed Strange New Worlds, even though that's not come out yet. I don't think... Mm. Renewing Discovery is a huge shock or Picard that's yeah,
1: like the main one yeah, yeah. so yeah. Star Trek looks like it's got a healthy future on uh, Paramount Plus just depends which ones you're sort of into and everything obviously Discovery is like my first show so yeah. um, it's interesting you know as a, a somebody who podcasts on Discovery to try and uh, work out when to do these things I'm still sticking to just doing a, a season 4 review when it hits onto uh, Paramount Plus whether that's going to be weekly or whatever the, the occasion that's basically how I'm going to do that and then yeah. once season 5 Yes. Once that rolls around, that should be, I assume, weekly because that will be in over a year's time. So, yeah, yeah, I fell off of Picard halfway through the, the first season, I think it was and Lower Decks I sort of didn't continue with after the first episode but I don't know it's sort of that Rick and Morty Star Trek thing isn't it so um, but Strange New World looks interesting obviously that's some of the uh, season 2 characters doing that which which has already been set up
0: I think the issue you have with Picard and Lower Decks is they're very very tied into the next generation stuff and you don't Mm. know any of the next generation kind of tropes or any of that sort of thing so I think maybe that would be one of the interesting things for you to do at some point is to go and try the original Next Generation series and I know there's a lot of episodes to get through of that but that might be an interesting one to sort of go and try a few episodes and see if you fancy podcasting on that one that would be quite an interesting one and then that Mm. might lead you back into Picard and Lower Decks because they will make a bit more sense to you once you've been through the original Right they might connect to the Next Generation
1: series They'll probably be well that would give Paramount Plus a lot more worth as well because I assume that all of that eventually would be on there Yes (laughs) because I think some of the other older shows are on Netflix at the moment and I'm assuming they're going to be taken off. Yeah, yeah. that might be good to do. I can always talk to my dad about it as well because he used to watch it. Yeah.
0: In terms of pickups and other news, Netflix went a bit release date crazy. They released a few (laughs) things. Um, Don't they always? (laughs) Yeah. Young Willander, which is the second season of that, which has a subtitle now called Killer Shadow. That's the 17th of February that's coming to Netflix. That's a Thursday, randomly. The Cuphead Show, which was announced ages ago, which is an animated series based on the Incredibly difficult video game. That's coming on the 18th of February. That's the Friday. Vikings Valhalla, which is the continuation of the History Channel's Viking series, which was brilliant. I mean, I say continuation, don't expect any of the same characters to show up because it's set like two or three hundred years after the original series, but it's set in that sort of same world. So it it is the same kind of vibe and it looks brilliant. There is a trailer up for that now. Exactly. So there may be references back to some of the old characters, but they don't expect to see the bed pop up because, you know, it's completely different time period. Friday, the 25th of February, that is landing, and there is a trailer for that up on the website now, but it looks really good. The Boys' Diabolical, which is this animated anthology set in the boys' universe with a bunch of sort of disconnected, interesting little stories. There is a little trailer they put up for this as well. That's coming the 4th of March. It's interesting because I was expecting something that was more sort of invincible type animation in there and it's not. The clip they showed was very much sort of Looney Tunes type animation yeah, style yeah. in it but with a sort of definitely with an adult bed because it's like a baby that's got laser eyes and it kind of melts a bunch of people so it looks like it's going to be quite intriguing that but that's uh, the boys diabolical that's coming the 4th of march joe versus carol has got a uk air date it's one day after the us that is the drama which is based on the whole joe exotic carol baskin thing that is coming the 4th of march to peacock uk uh, it's 3rd of march in the us but for March over here How I Met Your Father which is the spin-off from How I Met Your Mother it is set in the same universe because apparently a bunch of the characters actually live in the flat was owned by one of the original oh, right. yeah. couples How I Met Your Father that's been picked up by Disney Plus and that is going out Wednesday the 9th of March that is landing in the UK Got
1: is it Hilary Duff I think Hilary is... Duff is in it yes yeah. I've not seen her is... in, on any screen for a long time Yes. Uh so that might be interesting. It just I think one of the struggles this could have is you had such great chemistry between like you know Patrick Harris, Kobe Smulders, everybody else that was in there and everybody had their very specific role. You know, you had the couple thing with Marshall and Lily, then you had like the ladies man stuff with Barney, then you had Ted, who was obviously trying to find love and Mm -hmm. then you had uh Kobe Smulders character, I've completely forgotten her name. Uh, Um, Robin. Robin, that's it. And then obviously there was like the love triangle kind of stuff there. So how do you recreate that and like essentially Uh, switch it around or you either don't do that and you do something different? Well, I mean, Um,
0: yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it isn't a remake. It's a group of friends. It's set in the modern current time, which updates certain things. It is a completely different group of characters. And it does have the potential that you could have guest spots from some of the, how I met your mother characters as well. The reviews I've seen of it, they seem to be saying it's okay. It's not as good as how I met your mother, but it's passable so i'm willing to give it a shot and i want to see what it's like but yeah that's coming wednesday the 9th of march to disney plus upload which was that comedy about a guy that sort of gets uploaded into this virtual reality thing when he dies it's robbie amell in the lead role in that that's coming Mm -hmm. to Prime Video on the 11th of March for the second season. I really enjoyed the first season of that. Do you I think I would like that? I
1: like... know Robert did as well.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's actually from Greg Daniels who is one of the people that did Parks and Rec and did the American version of The Office and Space Force as well, the series. Steve did thing. The Steve yeah. Carell thing and he's worked on Mindy Project and stuff. Of course, the other half of the Parks and Rec people was Mike Saw who did... The Brother for Falls and our beloved The Good Place as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. he he was one of the two people that was involved in that. Mm. Ox and Rex, one that I need to watch as well. Yeah. Um, uh, that's available on quite a few different things
0: yes I really liked the first season of upload I thought it was really fun so definitely one worth watching but that's uh, Friday the 11th of March on Prime Video for that Moon Knight which is the next Marvel series that's got a premiere date that's coming the 30th of March to Disney Plus I'm looking forward to this it does look somewhat mm. like Daredevil Batman-esque that.
1: Yeah, I love uh, that yeah,
0: the trailer for that does look really interesting and they're playing around with this sort of multiple personality thing the accent's fairly dodgy because he's kind of doing a British accent, but it actually makes sense that the accent's dodgy because it's a put-on accent. So mm-hmm.
1: I never pay attention to that stuff. So uh, it's kind
0: of interesting. I'm really intrigued because I don't know Moon Knight as a character at all. Mm, so me neither, but I do know he's supposed to be the sort of Daredevil, Batman-esque type character. But he's got this added layer of having this multiple personality disorder, and he can't remember exactly who he is. They have made some changes to it for the TV series from the comic book, but you know, that's fine. That happens quite a lot with the MCU. They tweak things to make it fit a uh, TV right. narrative better. But I'm really intrigued by that. What's interesting is I don't know whether it was the Moon Knight trailer or the uh, Spider-Man movies or whatever it was, but Daredevil has popped back up in the Nielsen Weekly US streaming chart. It was at number 8, Netflix, mm. Daredevil Netflix series. There has been rumours and talk of a new Daredevil series coming to Disney+, Plus, although they haven't officially announced anything but there is a lot of talk about that possibly being a thing and it's back in the Nielsen top 10 this week which is interesting mm. Witcher at number one by a, a long way Emily in Paris at number two Hawkeye at number three because it's not just Netflix it's the Nielsen streaming charts is yeah. everything Wheel of Time at number four Lost in Space at number five the Great British Bacon Showtime Bake Off at number six <sighs> um, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous at seven we don't know they're churning those out because it's they're what on the fourth season already so something yeah
1: like i'm on like the third i think
0: daredevil at eight jim gaffin comedy monster at nine and money heist at ten very interesting to see daredevil back up there given that shows like mm. ended what two three years ago something like that so i
1: wonder if moon that will be a good way to test the waters for Dead well not even test the waters because people clearly want charlie cox to come back yeah like as full daredevil that it'd just be interesting from a violence standpoint how they handle because i heard yeah. the moon Knight's supposed to be quite violent so how they handle that and then because my admittedly more assumption Was if you bring Daredevil back, you do it on Hulu. But maybe that wouldn't quite fit. Maybe it could work on Disney Plus. But I guess Moon Knight is a good way to test that. I yeah.
0: You see, I think if they're going to do it, they'll want to do it as part of the MCU, which means you have to bring it back on Disney Plus. And I know that restricts the amount of violence that you can put into it. But in all honesty, I actually think you can get away with it. I mean, it only needs to be PG thirteen, and you know, I think you can probably get away with tweaking it enough. And you can get away with it. I mean, you know, they'll I think they'll push as close as to the edge as they can, but I, I do think you can get away with making a Daredevil series that works at that. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see whether it ever actually emerges. But it's interesting mm-hmm. to see it back in the top ten after all this time. So is so Moon Moonlight's the next thing, isn't
1: it? as Marvel. Moonlight's the next one. The, yeah, yeah, that's the next big Marvel TV show. And then it's Doctor Strange after that, I think.
0: Yeah, Doctor Strange is the next film also coming at some point this year. We've got she-Hulk right. Miss Marvel then Secret Invasion is supposed to be which they're shooting in the UK at the moment that's supposed to be late 2022 that's penciled in for at the moment then Christmas there is the much anticipated Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special there <laughs> is Ironheart Armor Wars and this untitled Wakanda series as well are the other things that are coming but we don't have dates for any of those yet we just know She-Hulk Miss Marvel and Secret Invasion are supposed to be the next three coming this year mm-hmm. we'll see where when they drop and there's obviously Star Wars stuff coming as well as all the Marvel stuff sort of in between those as well so they've, they've got some fairly big shows dropping throughout the year I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Speaking of big franchises Apple have ordered a Monsterverse series which is uh featuring it's like Legendary's Monsterverse featuring Godzilla and the Titans all based around that sort of thing so following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real the Series explores one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch. Legendary's Monster Versus, an expansive story universe, and multi-layered experiences centered around humanity's battle to survive in a world under siege by a catastrophic new reality. The monsters of our myth and legend are real. So it started in 2014 with Godzilla, continued with Kong Skull Island in 2017, then 2019 Godzilla Kino Monsters, and 2021's Godzilla versus Kong I've not seen any of these I don't think I might have seen the original Godzilla I think but I've not seen anything since I don't know whether you've been following any of
1: these Monsterverse things No I know there's a big like universe thing now isn't there I don't know if I'm interested in investing myself in it because I just I don't really know I know that I think maybe Bobby Brown's in one of them Brian Cranston makes a very brief appearance I think in one of them in terms of like big things fighting each other yeah. um, Transformers sort of completely down t- me off from that. Yeah, that that's a bit different, but yeah, like, is there more story sort of behind it? I, I, I don't really know, so I've not really invested myself in that. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Apple does with this, and I'm gonna be like on that platform, so yeah. we shall see. But no, I've not. I've. Have I ever watched a Godzilla film? I've seen like parts of Godzilla, of I, I, course. I, in I think the past, I but... saw
0: the 2014 Godzilla, and I think I saw
1: Kong Skull Island. I think. But was that I, the one? Was that the one with Jack Black? I remember seeing that King Kong. Film
0: yeah i, ca- I can't that wasn't
1: remember. wasn't
0: yeah <laughs> um, so I, I i don't know i've not been hugely into this sort of monsterverse thing this comes from legendary television obviously because it's a legendary franchise and co-created by chris black who worked on star trek enterprise and outcast who serves as showrunner and matt fraction who worked on hawkeye so those are the people behind it so i mean interesting couple of writers and producers there but i don't know i'll be intrigued to see what they come up with but it's not really a universe I've been massively into but I know some people are absolutely really into their Godzilla and Mm -hmm. Titans thing so we'll see couple of other things returning as well. Wallace and Gromit are coming back, along with they've announced Chicken Run 2. This is a cross between the BBC and Netflix. So The Wallace and Gromit is a new film, currently untitled, but sees Gromit's concern that Wallace has become over-dependent on his inventions, which proves justified when Wallace invents a smart gnome that seems to develop (sighs) a mind of its own. As events spiral out of control, it falls to Gromit to put aside his qualms and battle Sinister Forces or Wallace may never be able to invent again. That's going to come to the BBC first in the UK. It'll be Netflix everywhere else. And then once it's aired on the BBC, we'll go on to Netflix at some later date in the UK as well. It's Nick Park that is returning to direct the movie along with Merlin Crossingham, who worked as second unit director on Curse of the Were-Rabbit. What's going to be interesting is what they do about Wallace's voice because Wallace's voice was people to Sellers and Peter Sellers sadly is no longer with us so I wonder whether they're not going to have Wallace speak possibly I mean Gromit doesn't speak anyway whether they'll make it completely silent or whether they're going to end up casting somebody else to do the voice of
1: Wallace I don't know I think you need to have Wallace talk
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, I mean it seems to be very Gromit focused but yeah Mm. um, it's so iconic attached to that I mean you could get an impersonator to come in maybe and do it but it's not quite the same Uh, so I don't know We'll
1: see what they do with that, whether they do cast somebody else as a voice or not. In terms of Wallace and Gromit and, and Chicken Run, I love both of these things very, very much. The only reason I haven't, because I haven't really talked about these these things on episodes before, uh, is because, you know, obviously the two franchises have been dormant for yeah. a very, very long time. I remember hearing maybe a year or so ago that Chicken Run 2 was sort of in development and now we've gotten a, a bit more on it. I'd be yeah. very curious to see like trailers of these things when, when they come out. But um, I remember like the Curse of the Were-Rabbit, Wallace and Gromit film that was a lot of fun there's obviously done some of the shorts and stuff and I really love uh, Chicken Run as well so it'd be, it'd be great to have these these, uh, especially having both of them back as well I might go and re-watch some of the old because I, I remember like I was a bit younger when I watched some of the Wallace and Gromit stuff but I think some of it's on Netflix so I might go and revisit that yes, uh, as I well that'll be, that, be a very very good time I think so, so um, yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing these these two things come back yeah the Chicken Run film is
0: called Dawn of the Nugget <laughs> having pulled off a deathifying escape from Tweedy's fire- um, Ginger has finally found her dream, a peaceful island sanctuary for the whole flock, far from the dangers of the human world. When she and Rocky hatch a little girl called Molly, Ginger's happy ending seems complete. But back on the mainland, the whole of chicken kind faces a new terrible threat for Ginger and her team, even if it means putting their own hard-won freedom at risk. This time they're breaking in. There's a couple of changes to the voices here. Ginger is going to be voiced by Thandi Newton, replacing Julia Swahila, and Zachary Lee, Evie is replacing Mel Gibson as the voice of Rocky. Bella Ramsey, who you'll know is the uh, the awesome character from Game of Thrones. I can't remember the name of the character, but it was the, the mm-hmm. little girl. Yeah, Lady Mormont, I think. Lady Mormont, that's it, yes. She is playing the headstrong daughter, Molly. They, oh. They've got other people back. So Jane Horrocks is back, Amanda Stoughton, David Bradley, Romesh Ranganathan, Daniel Mays, Nick Mohammed, all, all those people are, are back reprising their roles. It only seems like the two main voices. I mean, Mel Gibson, obviously there's a reason and why they've probably replaced Mel Gibson, but I'm not sure why Thandi Newton's in there other than maybe they decided they wanted big names for the two leads. They're a while off yet, Those Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget is going to be on Netflix exclusively in 2023. The Wallace and Gromit is going to be Christmas 2024. Obviously, claymation oh takes a while to do. So, you know, they're announcing it now, but it's a very, very long process to do these things. But they're announcing it now. It's going to be a few years off before they actually land. And lastly, we have the news that Daniel Radcliffe continues down his path of picking wonderfully strange roles to be in. He's going to be playing Weird Al Yankovic in a biopic for Roku. So, are
1: you aware of Weird Al? As Sheldon talked about him in. Quite possibly, yes. I think I recognise. remember Sheldon saying that now. I can't remember if it's young Sheldon or older Sheldon, but so, I think I remember him talking about him.
0: Weird Al is the biggest selling comedy recording artist of all time. He is a five-time Grammy winner. He has a bunch of number one Billboard Top 200 hits and stuff. He's probably best known for his parodies of other top four he hits. So like he had a version of Michael Jackson's Beat It, which was called Eat It, and it was like a really fat version of Michael Jackson that just ate everything. He's done comedy versions where he changes the lyrics and just very, very, very funny songs and stuff. So he's been around for years and years and years, and uh, he's brilliant. It's just a bit weird that Daniel Radcliffe is going to be playing him. Uh, Daniel Ravlis takes the title role of Weird Al Yankovic According to the press release, the biopic holds nothing back exploring every facet of Yankovic's life, from his meteoric rise to fame and early hits like Eat It and Like a Surgeon, to his torrid celebrity love affairs and famously deprived lifestyle. There is a certain amount of sarcasm on those last couple of bits. Bear in mind that Weird Al has written this himself, apparently, so it's a fake biopic, I think, by the sounds of it, or a somewhat faked biopic is sort of the setup for this. But I love the fact that Daniel Radcliffe is doing this. It's going to be weird and strange. And it's an interesting pickup for Roku as well. Roku's starting to kind of come into its own a little bit, particularly as a free streaming service as well.
1: Yeah, just hope they give Zoe another season. <laughs> well, so, yes. I mean, yeah. that will be the big news. That we yeah, really I'll just watch. say there is a lot of people asking for it on Twitter, whether it's just I'm more connected to that fan base on Twitter because I follow Absolutely. lots of different people. But it's good to see though. So, yeah. um, hey, if that means more good content for Roku, Roku and they can thrive more then that's, that's important as well because there's definitely a lot of competition out there for TV that's fair to say but they've got one of the bigger advantages which is that they're free and yeah. if I say to somebody once Zoe is all on Roku if I say hey do you want to watch this show and they go oh you know I don't want to pay for another streamer well this one's free so yeah the thing that is holding Roku back a little bit is it needs to be a bit more widely available because it's only really on Roku sticks
0: it's on sky it's on sky q it's on now devices as well oh yeah so yeah. I mean, it has got reasonable coverage. If you uh, The Rocky Channel is available on Sky Q Boxes, if you just say that into your remote. And same with now as well. It should be on both of those. So you can go and find it. And uh, the Zoe's Christmas mm. movie is on there as well. And it's also got all the content that was uh, previous on Quibi. On Quibi. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that Quibi was a, a failed experiment, A lot of the TV shows were actually really quite good. I mean, I say TV shows, they are more like movies because quite a lot of them are a film chopped into like 10 parts. But Uh the content itself, though, there was never anything wrong with. I mean, a lot of the content was really decent quality. Things like The Fugitive and Most Dangerous Game as well, which was uh, Liam Hemsworth was the star of that with... Christoph Waltz and that was great and I think they're making a second season of that I seem to remember that was one of the first ones that they have sort of picked up to continue but that was like Emmy nominated and stuff as well and Mm. I mean I don't know whether the second season is going to be the same format whether they're going to stick to the 10 minute format that they did for the first season but as I say because it's Quibi and everything was like 10 minute episodes they're essentially the length of a film so it takes you like two hours to get through the whole thing but um, they're well worth watching there was some really good shows on there they're all now up on roku it's worth going to check out if you've uh, not looked at the rocky channel and it's completely free say rocky sticks sky now and various other places you can find it so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv There is quite a lot of stuff landing in the highlights for next week on TV. Marvel's Hit Monkey, which was an animated thing that is coming to star on Disney Plus on the 26th of January. That actually was supposed to land late last year, and then they moved it at the last minute, but it's now popped up again. So 26th of January for Marvel's Hit Monkey. The Resident Season 5, 26th of January for that as well on Disney Plus, much to the annoyance of a lot of people because it's moved off sky but sky obviously decided either it wasn't worth the money or disney decided they were going to keep it for themselves because it is a disney show but the resident season five will be on disney plus and it's coming on the 26th of january the sinner also on the 26th of january that returns for season four that is on netflix 27th of january we have murdoch mysteries season 15 landing on alibi that's 27th of January at 9 p.m. In From the Cold, which is a new series coming to Netflix on the 28th of January, that's a sort of international spy thriller with a super soldier twist, but that kind of looks quite interesting. That's coming 28th of January. That's called In From the Cold on Netflix. The After Party, which is a new series coming on the 28th of January to Apple TV Plus. It's from Miller and Lord, who are the award-winning duo that brought things like the Lego Movie and Batman Movie and stuff. That's the After Party. That's coming to Apple TV Plus on 28th of January. All of Us Are Dead, which is a new Netflix series, it follows a group of students who are trapped in a high school and find themselves in dire situations as so they seek to be rescued from a zombie invasion. So there's another zombie show oh, for I'm
1: you, Oh, i Oh, I've seen the trailer for this. This looks incredible. Another one of sort of in the vein of Black Summer and Kingdom. And uh, Netflix are doing a really, really good job with these types zombie of things, things whether yeah. they're films or TV shows.
0: All of Us Are Dead, that 28th of January, that is landing on Netflix. Hunted the... Season 4 of the celebrity version of Hunted, that is coming back to Channel 4 on the 30th of January at 9pm. Station 11, which is the post-apocalyptic limited series based on the international bestseller of the same name, that's coming to start Play on the 30th of January in the UK. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's back for season 15. That's on the 1st of February. The Equalizer also returning. That's for its second season on Sky Witness. That's on the 1st of February at 9 p.m. RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the world. That is coming for its technically first season, but I mean, it it is the sort of new incarnation. It's the Drag Race UK people against everybody else from the world, as the title suggests. That's coming to BBC Three on the 1st of February. I think the 1st of February is when BBC Three returns to the broadcast channel as well. Oh, okay. So it will have a time, which I haven't got on here, but it will have a time, I think, on BBC Three on broadcast, as well as being on iPlayer, which is still going to be there. But it is going to be back as a broadcast channel from the first of February as well. And lastly, Raising Dion season two that arrives on the first of February on Netflix. This was a really good. It's a comic mm. book series. Uh, it's with it. Yeah, it's, it has been like two or three years, but that's returning for a second series. It's about an African American single mother who discovers her young son has multiple, constantly changing abilities. So. It is based on a comic book. Not even a teen superhero. It's a sort of pre-teen superhero. It's really good, though. The first season was. I very yeah, much enjoyed I liked it. it. I thought they did a really interesting job with that. And uh, that's back for a second season. So first of February for that on Netflix. And that's raising Dion. Lots to get into over the next week. Lots of shows returning and lots of new things popping up. Uh, it's going to be a good week for TV, and it continues like this through the rest of February and March as well. Matt,
1: if they want to find you. Way where can they find you you can find me over on entertainment uh, mainly tv video games films and my united podcast uh, if you're wondering where gaming talk has been uh, that's going to be returning on Tuesday that episode may actually be out even before this one I don't know it's, <laughs> they're usually both on Tuesdays uh, gaming talk and geek town so uh, we've got you covered on on Tuesdays we'll of course be talking about the Activision thing as well covering other things I covered a couple of episodes of different tv shows I did a bit more of a uh, political episode recently talking about America's of freedom of speech which doesn't entirely work but i got into that and sort of discussed that and may not keep playing football as well there's oddly like a winter break next week i don't know why but uh, that's <laughs> the thing uh, i've been streaming a little bit on twitch uh, etalk uk if you want to follow me there on twitch i'm going live at like sort of different times and stuff as well so just give me a follow over on etalk uk on twitch a couple of video game reviews if you want to see my thoughts on retching clank and uh yeah other stuff that we're doing as well walking dead all the back soon and and that kind of stuff
0: check out all of that Yep, go and check Matt over at entertainmenttalk.org. Bex, of course, you can find at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She's streaming pretty much daily, various evenings, sat in a box playing video games, just chatting about comics and various other nonsense, uh, having random cats wander into the stream. It's very entertaining. Go and check out Bex over at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. Daryl, you can go and find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those series. That you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can find us on the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye.